Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Starving for Attention. Richard and Jasmine Blaze here. Hi. Uh, greetings from the uh, headquarters, which is the kitchen table in san diego california yeah. uh it's been a crazy week i've been traveling all over the place uh jasmine i just yeah. came back today i was up in la yeah, yeah which is did. not really all over the place really not just but, up the five but this week has been like that so i've spent you know six hours on the road today uh just got done shooting a little segment with christine Leahy cool. uh for fair game with christine Leahy awesome. on fox sports i love doing those type of segments where so what did you do where we were cooking surprisingly oh really uh, which I was a little I bit I didn't know upset. you were cooking, actually. Yeah, neither did you know did you I. were cooking? I mean, not really up until the last second, okay. but um, I, I asked them, too. I was like, am I cooking because you guys don't think I can handle like the living room, which is like where the show is usually shot? It's like an interview, one-on-one, like in-depth sort of interview. Cool. And then they were like, no, we've just never been in the kitchen. And I believe them. Yeah. I feel confident I mean, enough now. if that, they like, have a kitchen on set. Yeah, it's in a house. It was why shot not? in a house. Yeah, why not do um, it? But uh, Whose Chris- house was it? Um, a production house. Oh, I don't. Okay. I don't think anyone's like personal residence. Um, nice home in Santa Monica. Yeah. Uh, oh, not not to make the, the super fans are going to line up now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she's on Whole Thirty. We're on Whole Life Challenge. That's right. They're actually really similar. Very similar. Are they rivals? Like, this co- sort of came up. Like it's huh. it's eating good. I don't know enough about Whole Thirty, so I well, can't I mean, speak about it. But I, do I can know. tell you that it's for thirty days. Ah, that's, there you go. That's one of the differences. So, uh, what we're doing, if you know, I'm sure you do. If you follow yeah. us, uh, whole life challenge just started back up again. So yeah. we actually did probably take a, a one or two episode break of talking about it, and now we're back up. Yeah, so you guys is, that are super annoyed, just like fast forward thirty uh, like seconds here. No, you don't got to fast forward <laughs> it, but you know that we're doing it. Team Trailblazers, whole life challenge, uh, but it's fun because like you can cook delicious food, right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean, about. I think both of them, whole thirty and whole life challenge, get you cooking way more than you ever would because like honestly it's hard to eat out when you're eating under these constraints yeah so this was said on set where christine is like showing me all of her stories of cooking and then i come home and you're making chicken meatballs turkey technically turkey meatballs sorry and uh you know that's gonna be on my stories later so like it does get you in the kitchen more which is really great get you eating lots of whole foods uh keeps you away from things that you eat every day that maybe you don't even know yeah but but Mm. now i saw that there are restaurants and I don't think I've seen this since like the Atkins diet or like the South Beach diet, you know, where you can go into restaurants now and specifically I'm talking about Chipotle, one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. You can go into Chipotle and they have a lifestyle menu at some of the stores now. Do they? Yeah. So you okay. can order like a keto bowl. Very interesting because Very interesting, you're right? telling me this and literally I just came out of the car and like you wrote like a quick little like open for us, mm-hmm. but unknowingly... Well, you probably know that I was at a Chipotle. No, in the last I didn't, week. but I just oh. assumed. Naturally, when I travel, Chipotle yeah. h- tends to be a place where, like, you can get these like healthy foods. You know that the food hasn't been processed, right? right. Yeah, especially for like a big box like franchise right. sort of place. A lot closer to Whole Food than most places. Yep. Um, but I I got a carne asada at a Chipotle, yeah, which is new. a new menu yeah, offering. New. This was in Richmond, Virginia, and someone walked by me and they were like, "Oh, is that the keto bowl?" And I was like, just a random dude, didn't know who I was. I'm just sitting there yeah, in my yeah. flat brim cap. And I'm yeah. like, I guess so, not really by intent. Right. But yeah. I guess that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So they have like a keto bowl and a paleo bowl. And uh, there's probably another couple on there that I forgot. But um, oh, there's a double protein bowl that looked kind of like your speed. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's. And when I ordered, they were like double protein. And I was like, I don't know. I don't want to be like the kid who. Yeah, well, I just there's remember. There's many kids like you because they put it up on the menu board now. <laughs> I just remember that like in junior high lunch, and I'm really old, but like, you know, lunch costs like a nickel because yeah. it's like a lunch program or whatever. <laughs> nickel. Back when I, I was a nickel, I swear, or maybe it was 25 cents. It was not a nickel. But like you could get double meat. Right. And like the only My lunch was like a dollar. So first of all, like I don't think yours was a nickel. Maybe it was 50 cent then. Okay. Um, But if you got double meat, it wasn't like a really good look for like a junior high kid. Unless you were like a football player or something like that. Maybe. So they're doing the right thing, which is good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it, um, you know, you and I have talked about that, that it's a little difficult eating out under the 
when you're on one of these programs mm-hmm. because unless you want to just be that guy right or that girl asking all these kinds of questions of the server like this kind of takes away that that awkwardness right you know what i'm talking about yeah well totally and like I, this came up today it's come up with us before where you one like you just have to be brave yeah. And like, let people right. know this is what I'm doing. And yeah. then also just do the like, hey, listen, I know this sounds a little crazy. Right. But it's hard because you're like, well, I'm not eating sugar or dairy or soy mm. or preservatives yeah, that gets- or sodium benzoates or, mm. you know what Ooh, I mean? Like yeah. you could go really deep. Um, so I think it's kind of nice to have like a, a catch all like, boop, there you go. You can eat this. Yeah, that does make <laughs> a lot of sense. You, you, but the best way to do it is to really just kind of ask about the ingredients and yeah. know what those ingredients are. It just are. becomes laborious, I guess, is it my does. problem with and, it. And especially if you're in a group, like it's okay if it's just you and I out there eating yeah. or if you're by yourself and you're just some freak on some <laughs> right. weird. Well, because like typically we'll be like, does that have dairy in mm-hmm. it? And they're like, no. But then you have to keep going. Yeah. Does it have sugar? Does what it about have soy? Sugar. Right. And when you're like, sugar, like, does it have like, like processed sugar? Yeah. Or like there, and then people, remember when we were in Hawaii and I was like, does, is your acai like sweetened? And she was like, yeah, I think so. And then she came back and she's like, it's not, it only has <laughs> right. agave in it. And I was like, well, I can't eat that either. Yeah. But, no, that's, you know, that's so it's like, call. it just yeah. becomes, it just, yeah. I like taking away that. Yeah. That and guesswork. you know what I want to get out, out off my chest here is like again we talk about these things people know that like you know the health and wellness is a direction that we're moving in like you know how many people I've run into like on set or in social interactions now that are like more than three people so that's a lot for that's me, a lot for you because usually your 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 um your sample pool is like two people so this is exactly a lot or like i think it was even more than johnson okay. on this podcast okay, so like sometimes i just look out my window and i'm like i wonder yes. where richard blaze is running yeah right a lot of people that. have said that now yeah. um but i do want to make it clear like I'm, I'm a chef you know like i still eat delicious food and like it doesn't mean that we're not eating like craveable food. Oh, you got a hot, you got something coming in hot. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Blow me up. You're going to blow up my spot. I'm not going to okay. blow up your spot. I, I, this is not related to that at mm. all. This is, this is actually related to like where you were going and that people were kind of what saying that you're not cooking good food. Like you're, you're a chef. Like why be it? Mm, I mean, I haven't faced too much of that. But I do think that there's, I, I think certainly it's something that people probably are thinking about. Like, Maybe. you know, yeah. don't you think? I don't know. I just, I remember this weekend when, well, while you were away, I, I saw somebody <laughs> on your Instagram page, yeah. like blow you up and say something like, don't you work anymore? Oh, I saw that too. Okay. I almost yeah. went after that. Like, oh, I don't go God. after people too often on your, ever actually, let's just right. clarify that. Well, I don't ever go after sure. people on your Instagram, but well, I almost went after that guy. I do guy. think that this was a hot, this was a tough one because it was also like me coming off of a funeral. Right. So it's like to be like, that's what I wanted to say. Anymore, like, bro? hey, jackass, like, yeah. he's at like, a funeral. You even like, work, bro? Right. Like, I'm at a funeral, dog. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I just really, level. like, really, yeah, I wanted to just go after Well, I appreciate that. But like, that's part of our work like that and that is a tough thing though i mean we haven't we've long surpassed the moment where like you know i think the the average cook in the restaurant or like upset at you for living your life and doing your thing um and like yeah i'm not in a restaurant kitchen every single day i will tell you almost every day i'm around food of some sort of sort talking about it cooking on set or in a kitchen or even at home or, or like we are right now, talking about food on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, but Whole Life Challenge, uh, do us a favor, jump on over there. There's still a couple of days if you want to do it. Yeah. Uh, you sign up, yeah. you join Team Trailblazers, and you get to read my and yours, Jasmine, your journal. Innermost thoughts. Night. Innermost yeah. thoughts, <laughs> which, you know, I think tonight will be an interesting one uh, for me because I'm going to keep it Always real. is when tough. you're grumpy from my being on the road. My question is, you know, part of it is sleep, and does the sleep hours, which I have only as five because I travel so much, do the, do the hours have to be consecutive? Yes, they do. Right. Well, I don't know. So I, I did go back and look that it does say at night. So mm, it does okay. need to be There's some clarification. I'm Consecutive, just on a perpetual. I don't know. If you woke up for a half hour in the middle of the night, I don't think you dock yourself. <sighs> yeah, but I don't know. It's one of the issues I have is, uh, you know, that I'm on a, some sort of perpetual like central mountain time zone. I don't even know where I am. This episode's a lot of fun, though. Quick change of gear. Yeah. Uh, well, Artie Sequera. Yeah, definitely. Back in the mix with us. Uh, That's right. F- filling in for you. That's right. In. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't make it up there. We. I don't know what we had going on that day. I think you just went went rogue and booked your own podcast, and I couldn't, just, couldn't get know, up there. I it's think. the challenge of trying to always grab content. But <laughs> an course. amazing chef, Joseph Centeno. That's right. Uh, I'm was one of his books uh, from Ama right yeah. in front of us right here. 
Uh, you know, he's he's built and uh, created a number of restaurants. Puffy tacos. The puffy tacos. I'm like my, my, my stomach I just go growled. Eat puffy tacos. Looking yeah. at it. Um, so he's originally from uh, his family from San Antonio, home of the yeah, puffy right? taco. I've never had one in my whole life. Oh my gosh, how, how, how delicious! One. We're looking at it. It doesn't really work for a podcast, and we no. don't have this Sorry, up on guys. the YouTube channel. We'll yet, take a picture, yeah. But we should. We'll put it up on the Instagram page. But this is a uh, one of those. If you had to categorize Jasmine our episodes. You know, some of them are business oriented. Some of them are just like comedy, right? Yeah, right. Um, and this one is definitely like a chef's chef sort of episode because you know this is this is a guy I um, that is going to give you a lot of inspiration. I have a ton of respect for you. Almost dropped your phone trying almost. to get the overhead shot almost. of Joseph Centeno's book. You know what doesn't come up in this podcast though? I want to get this out um, real quick. Is that? And, and I'm and I'm it's I'm a bad journalist. Well, one because I'm not a journalist, but I didn't mention it up. He's got his own clothing line. I think it's Pine oh, Street. That's cool. I hope I'm not getting the name of the company wrong. But he like dyes his own shirts using like natural indigo and stuff, oh, which like cool. something you would be totally yeah. into. Very very LA sort of downtown hipster of him, and it doesn't come up. I'm I was ashamed to miss it, and we talked about it a little bit. He gave me one of his shirts when we left. Uh, but this guy's a fascinating. He's an artist. He's amazing. Artie Sequera is the co-host. Uh, we missed you, Jasmine, but a fun Chef's Chef episode. Here it is, uh, Joseph Centeno. Centeno. And here it is, Joseph Centeno. Yeah, there we go. All right, uh, Jasmine, listen, you know that uh, yesterday was a rough day running around the house as I was super grumpy because I'm like, got a couple fantasy football teams working. Right. You brought this to my attention. I need to work on that. Wow, well, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But you know, we're also doing this betonline.ag contest. Yes. We're going much up less against. stressful. It is. Yeah, because honestly, I don't even go back and really look at the charts. Exactly. And I'm glad that I didn't look at this last week's yeah. one because right. I know for sure we had. You missed that the, Bucks call. We, we had the Rams <laughs> at home beating the Buccaneers. Who which didn't? should definitely have happened. By the way, uh, no one's going to listen because I don't know how many people are seriously into sports, but I'm going to take my shot at a very Stephen A. Smith hot take in the NFL world right now, okay? Let's hear it. Byron Lefwich is going to win a Super Bowl in the next five years as a Byron head Lefwich is coach. Still, oh, I was going to say, is still as playing? a head coach. Byron Lefwich is the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ah, okay. And he is... Working it. I mean, scoring 50 something points yesterday, but I've just seen a couple like little glimpses of him on the sideline. This is a long hot take because it's going to take yeah, five gonna, years. Yeah, it also means he's going to get a promotion yeah, and he's going to cu- end up. A couple, yeah. yeah. Right. So maybe he ends up on a team that I like, like the Jets or the Bengals. Like you said he's or, an offensive line coach? No, offensive coordinator. Oh, okay. It's the offensive coordinator. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, right? okay. And, he, yeah. and, if, he, no, and one, if he does it with jump the, away. Yeah. Yeah, And if he does it with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your home team, the chance of him getting them currently. Yeah, understood for James Winston, who had a monster fantasy day. But we're not talking about fantasy that was just my hot take uh this week of course we're going up against adam carolla Shaq, all of that and everyone who doesn't know you can go on to twitter join the conversation it is hashtag sportsnet challenge but each week if we win we're gonna have five listeners of starving for attention we're gonna give out 500 dollars rewards each week that's five thousand dollars season-long charity uh, and again, you can go on to Twitter, Sportsnet Challenge, hashtag Sportsnet Challenge. And each week, we're doing just straight pickums. Now, the challenge for me a little bit's been that I'm not even looking at lines sometimes. Sometimes we're recording this before even uh, Vegas puts up their odds or before sure. the games have been played. Okay. I'm giving myself an excuse. But here are my picks for week five's biggest matchups. Are you ready, Jasmine? I'm ready. Okay. Eagles playing the Jets. These are two teams that wear the color green. Uh, I was born a Jets fan. I got to have to go up against against the Jets. Wow. Here. The Eagles at surprising. home against the Jets. Uh, Patriots and the Redskins. This is pretty much one of the best teams in the NFL so far against the possibly worst team. So I'm going to take the Patriots on the road. Everyone knows that I'm a secret Tom Brady fan. Everyone. Yeah, you know that. I also said it on a TV show yeah. today. Uh, the Chargers are home against... Uh, the Brown is this the Browns? I can't even read my own handwriting. That looks it's not, like Browns. Not the it's it's weird not, it's Broncos. Bengals? Sorry, it's Broncos. Broncos? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chargers are home against the Broncos. Broncos are also zero and four. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Chargers at home. Chiefs are at home against the Colts. How do you uh, bet against Patrick Mahomes? And the last one, the Saints and the Bucks. 
hmm, wow, tough one here. This was before mm-hmm. I saw the Buccaneers game yesterday. Yeah. But I'm still going to pick the Saints at home. Who dat? Yeah. Uh, those are my five picks. We've been doing well. I know that we won one week. So hey, you can go uh, right. take a look at the rankings for yourself. You can go over to www.podcast1sportsnet.com. See uh, you know, where your favorite celebrity podcast hosts are ranking uh, and join the fun on Twitter. You can go over to betonline.ag. Uh, and don't forget podcast one for your 50% sign up bonus betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts uh, and hopefully we get a few right this week all right here we go next up joseph centeno this is starving for attention with richard blaze The advanced specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care developed groundbreaking, minimally invasive techniques to treat fibroids, endometriosis, and other GYN conditions. In response to growing concerns over the coronavirus, CIGC now offers e-visits. We know GYN conditions don't stop affecting your life. CIGC wants to be here for you as you seek options to find relief from debilitating gynecologic symptoms such as abnormal bleeding and pelvic pain. With telemedicine options now available, book a Consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. That's InnovativeGYN.com or 888-SURGERY. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. I mean, I don't think that we've had a guest chef that has popped on. Joseph, that's uh, been like, I just had my gallbladder taken out. So first of all, thank you for being like a sport. And showing up. Well, it wasn't yesterday. Okay, okay, good. Fair <laughs> it wasn't this morning, right? I felt like that happened to me on the four or five today. That someone took your insides out. Yeah, that's what I. That's kind of, I mean, that's how I felt. Yeah, I felt, traffic can do that. I, I feel felt, like you're in a fight or flight mode, and then you get to where you are, and it takes a second. I felt drunk from it. I, I don't drink, but like I felt like, wow, this is what I remember being. I drunk. I think you need to start like, drinking again because yeah, that's not how it feels. Yeah, okay, no. <laughs> like, okay, like a bad drunk. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, Chef, you're back, though. You're good now? Yes. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, dude. No, thank you. Nice. We keep things super light here and abstract. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to just jump in with a... We're heading towards Halloween. Ugh. Right? I like, pumpkin like spice latte is happening. <laughs> like, there will be pumpkins on doorsteps. I know. It's still 95 degrees uh, outside. I know. Yes. It's a little I early, know. but you got to get no, these no. things out. I agree. And uh, the question <laughs> is, Chef, uh, vampire or werewolf? Werewolf. Uh, oh. Not even, not even like a like. You didn't a, even think about no, it. No, like like you've answered this question a thousand times to yourself. <laughs> Are werewolves because I think an uh, image of Winston, my uh, yes, my my pup just showed oh. up. Ah, there you go. Okay. okay, so it's a visual thing of love, not like uh, it, when you were watching. Oh, did you ever watch the Twilight movies? Am I? That, no, not really. Okay, no. you weren't team. Uh, what was the? <laughs> Are you? What about you, Artie? Are you? Um, oh, this is Edward tricky. Edward and Jacob, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, yes. we're gonna take it. If that was great, that you dropped the Twilight reference. Yes. Okay, Edward or Jacob? I think yes. I was always Team Edward. Yeah, okay. yeah which is the vampire. Of course you were, though. I feel like that's like makes, I have a thing for blondes. A better dresser. Yeah, and also sort of like <laughs> soulful and a little sort of sensitive. And then Jacob just flew off the handle a lot. Yeah. And because I, werewolves. Yes. Right? Okay. They have an anger problem. They do have an anger problem. <laughs> Whereas I well, think... I feel like they're misunderstood. Yes. Which is they, probably why they're angry. When they come out of being a werewolf, they're usually like naked and very vulnerable and like totally misunderstood. <laughs> That's true. They just got to find a cloth. That's true. It's like naked and afraid in It's a way. true. And they're usually covered in blood because they've eaten something and they don't know what just happened. And, you know, yeah, yeah that's a lot. Have you seen the show? Um, Naked? Have you watched Naked and Afraid before? Where they laid they you you're you're like you're, I like you're, work. You're, yeah, you got much. yeah exactly. You're like on, you're, you're <laughs> like, running things. You're like, running the empire. Like if I had nine days in my seven day work week, I might really get some. Wow! But because of uh, like and you enjoy it. That's what that's. Well, I love it, but got to just do what you got to do. There you go. Um, How keep, many restaurants do you have now? Four. You have four. Did you see what a dork I am and that I have your cookbook sitting right here? Because I want you to sign it before you leave. Well, thank you. <laughs> Killing the game, dude. Dominating it. The empire is growing. Uh, I got a copy of your your latest book is... Ama. 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 And uh, it's got on the cover of it, which is the infamous dish 
that is the puffy taco. The puffy taco. <laughs> and I'm glad I got you to say it because I have had some a puffy like to me last year on this podcast and all of our tens of thousands of people who listen to this podcast. I declared mm-hmm. my favorite city that I visited. Uh-oh. Which was new to me. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is the you know the thing of the world. I'm just saying for me last year I made a trip to San Antonio, first time ever in my life, and I was blown away and specifically blown away by the puffy taco, which not too many people know about outside of like the food world or the San Antonio region, right? Yeah, I mean the puffy taco is I think um the equivalent of something that could be cooked by the French. Oh, okay. I mean, the oh, technique. I like the technique is very. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not an easy thing to to make consistently. Why is well. it not easy? Well, I mean, you're you're working with the fresh masa. You're okay. frying it. You've got to shape it. It's yeah. all like to order. Uh, you got to maintain the crispy, brittle yet chewy. Uh, like there's different textures in the shell. Um, it needs to be drained properly because you don't want it greasy puppy taco because you're basically doing like a palm souffle but with corn masa that's what i was going to say which palm souffle i mean there's like you're saying there's a thousand different little things that could go wrong to make oh, yeah. palm souffle not puff right which yeah. is basically a potato chip that's got a hollow center oh, yeah. okay. which is the puffy taco in in the tortilla world right exactly yes. so then i mean that takes a lot of balls to say all right well i'm going to do it then at this restaurant did well, you feel like it was a challenge no i mean it was I wanted when I first opened Barma. I, I was thinking about the dishes. Um, basically, I did a lot. It's okay. That's good. No worries. <laughs> That's life. That's, no life. Worries. That's okay. I did a lot of research on, um, like, with my family, and because I grew up with Ama, which is the namesake of the restaurant, who's my great grandmother, and so I was able to eat her food as. Like a four or five, six, and she passed away when I was eleven. Mm. But I was con- coherent enough to like have vivid memories that were uh, reignited when we were kind of talking with aunts and uncles, and 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 the smells of like going to her house on the west side, and and like the she had like a little like two by like three by three kitchen table and. Like basically forty square foot kitchen, like tiny with wow. like a, a two burner with a little plancha, and wow. always had fideo and beans and making fresh tortillas and and we would and it was always like so hot. She didn't. I mean, there was no AC. And I remember like wow. sitting on. It was like, I guess the chairs were kind of like a had like the laminated yeah, plastic yeah. and so your legs were always sticking on yeah. the chair and, oh my gosh oh my gosh that and, is such a good memory and, and and just I mean they were very modest and didn't have like very much money at all and um but she was always able to create these delicious simple meals and so but now like like um your ama like that's she's not like you know, measuring things out by the gram. And oh. there, there's, it's, it's the exact opposite of what is like this, you know, French precision when it comes to like pomme souffle. But it's all there. And, and like just by feel almost, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all by, by feel. And uh, one of the dishes uh, that's actually not in the book, but it's kind of a hybrid of like the puffy and uh, what I imagine the puffy was later developed. Because she was, they were in the Mexican Revolution, like in oh wow, 1918, and she would make the the dorados, like the golden tacos, mm-hmm. and these were she would just what I imagine was just like some logs with a, like some really dangerous pot with yeah. oil, <laughs> yeah, and just whatever sort of tong type utensil, and just putting like fresh tortilla uh, filled. And deep frying them. Yes. And then till they were crispy. I love so. how you mentioned like the dangerous frying yeah. pot though. Because yeah. like it is one of these things like if you come up and you're just like a kid in the modern world and you get a job like I did at a fast food restaurant for your first time, you're like, no, fryers are pretty they're yeah. they're totally safe. It's yeah. just this regulated thing. There's a computer that controls it. Right. There's no you, know, you don't realize it like, no, it's actually scorching hot oil. Balance. And your grandmother, your grandfather, you had just a pot on the stove yeah. that was two seconds away from like dripping over on 
onto the stovetop. And like, igniting. Yeah. And she was at, like, at the train station. So it was like... Right. Can outside. you imagine, yeah. like, a thin aluminum that oh it gosh. could potentially just... Like Blow. combust, right? Yeah. Like out there in the ele- out there in the elements with like people walking around. Yeah. That's kind of insane. So like the idea of uh, Tex-Mex food, then, right? How do you feel about? I mean, obviously, the, just the term Tex-Mex and where it's gone in like the way that we view Tex-Mex food. Like there was a point maybe years ago where it was like, oh, Tex-Mex, yeah, it, it had sort of a corporate sort of like feeling to it. Okay, well. Some really great chefs and historians have, I guess, talked a lot of, like, I guess, dismissed it Mm -hmm. is a good way of saying it, which I think was a disservice because, uh, first of all, Tex-Mex, for the record, is never claimed to be Mexican. Mm. Right, right. Um, It's like its own thing. It's an American regional cuisine. Mm. It's, uh, I think, the world's polarized enough by... Uh, intolerance sure and um, this is uh, kind of that attitude is not the way we need to be thinking um, yeah like even in the music world right like like I mean I'm a 90s uh, you know yeah. a hip hop mid 90s hip hop kid like did it did it really have to be east coast and west coast hip hop like isn't it yeah at the it end was of an day, unnecessary division all hip hop yeah. right I yeah, mean, I mean, I East know. Coast was better, but yeah. Oh, okay. What up? What up? <laughs> what up? Biggie's in the house. Yep. Okay, got it. Um, so, like the media, you like, and in a lot of these sort well, of art forms, the media sort of did it a disservice. Exactly, and I mean, I think uh, what I'm trying to do now is just Tex-Mex is ranch cooking. It's uh, cowboy cooking. Mm. It's vaquero cooking. It's Tejano. It's it's. Um, when I cook Tex-Mex, it's uh, like honoring all the immigrants and their struggle. Yeah. Um, because my family, which is very diverse, uh, a ma and a pa from Guanajuato, and on my grandfather's side, they were from Ireland, and mm. and uh, on my dad's side, from Spain, and everyone was in northern Mexico. Wow. And then the Mexican Revolution started, and our family had they didn't know each other at the time but they all had businesses and pastries and grocery stores and and then they lost everything and oh. everyone had to start over and they had they uh fled to Nuevo Laredo and a lot of most of my family centralized in San Antonio mm-hmm. and a lot of different immigrants started just cooking the food that they knew right. yeah. with the ingredients that were at hand. I love that. And like and then and then hence is born something eventually labeled Tex Mex, although it's wasn't by the people who were originally cooking it. Yeah, they were just, just cooking good the food, food right. that they could recreate with the ingredients that were on hand and um and I mean the only authentic thing about Tex Mex is that it's not authentic. Right, which I love, by the way. As someone who's a creative, and that's the mic drop moment right now, is like, <laughs> well, here's, and the other thing about it is like, it's just, uh, it's it's super delicious, right? Like, it's just yeah. super, super delicious. Right. And maybe because, you know, a couple of corporations started doing big, big box Tex-Mex restaurants, we had this feeling that like, oh, no, maybe it's not, like, that's not... You know, authentic. It's incredibly right. authentic right. and incredibly niche and like of a moment of history. Yeah. And like now you're bringing that to the people of Los Angeles and the world with your book. Uh, and like, listen, I'm a fan. Like, I'm a fan. I mean, of your food, you know that. Mm-hmm. But like, of the idea that like, too, like these things that maybe when you're in the 80s, you were like, Tex Max, that's just right. No, it's delicious food. There is a deeper story than just the fact that it's a puffy taco. And uh, like, uh, we talk about other cuisines that way too. Like, yeah. As a, as a native New Yorker, it's like, what is wrong with spaghetti and meatballs or Alfredo sauce, Alfredo. right? Like, yes, it so might, good. I mean, I, I don't know, like, you, you might not, it might not be something you see in Italy, but right. it's something that eventually did happen maybe in New York City, you know, or whatever. Right. And like, it, it represents like a, a moment in, a, in a, a micro section of a region. Totally. Yeah. How did you feel making, bringing Tex-Mex food to LA in particular, which has such a strong sort of Mexican street taco presence. Well, in my mind, I saw them very different. Yeah, I mean, I was just uh, bringing the food that I grew up with, the food right. that um, 
that I was raised on. Um, I mean, y'all had mentioned the big corporations, which there's, I guess, two ways of looking at it. Um, one is it it opened the country mm-hmm. up to uh, Tex-Mex. Yeah. Um, right. But then it kind of stops there. And the bad thing is that they, it was kind of like, I don't know if it's fair to say, it's, I think it was kind of a, like a classist move to uh, downgrade it to uh, a price point that yeah. uh, everyone yeah. just figured right. oh, you can get a taco for 39 cents. Right. I, that, that, that's a t- hot topic for every Los Angeles chef that cooks any sort of like, that, that makes any sort of taco. The idea that like you can get a dollar taco somewhere. And, like, you know, yeah. depending on sourcing ingredients, like, that's kind of an impossible thing to respond to as a restaurateur. And if you look back and you think about it, all of these Tex-Mex restaurants, because, I mean, families had restaurants. That's what they were doing, mm-hmm. like, in, like, the 20s and 30s. And, and then uh, big companies came and uh, took a bunch of these ideas and, like, just kind of streamlined it, which... These families were cooking everything from scratch, right? And everything was like really delicious. Mm-hmm. And um, but because they went and like slashed the prices on everything and started using processed foods, mm. oh yeah, these families had to like readjust. Mm-hmm. And that's where everything kind of got like Imploded. very, very like clouded. Then yeah. the media ran with it and called it rap music. <laughs> And it's hip hop, man. It's hip hop. Uh, what is the quintessential Tex-Mex dish that you think is like that? Yeah, this is the one. You know, we talked about puffy tacos, but I think that one might even be super specific to San Antonio. But like, what is like a Tex-Mex? Like, like yeah, that's Tex-Mex. That's not Mexican. It's not Mexican well, Californian. I think uh, flour tortillas. I mm-hmm. think breakfast tacos. Mm-hmm. What oh, about yeah. queso? What about queso? Queso, to be honest, I didn't really get exposed to queso until I moved to Austin, yeah. which is huge. Mm, yeah. Right, okay. And, I mean, that was, a, like, a game changer for me because in San Antonio, everything was, uh, like, compuestas where it's, like, shredded cheese melted on the chips, uh-huh. um, which is delicious, but it's completely different. And at Ama, we put a brie uh to finish it. Mm. So that adds another, uh, like, layer of like it's French brie so it's just kind of mm. adds like oh my gosh that. yeah but your queso is bonkers at Amar so I have a photo of us we went there for a birthday once I think it was Bren's birthday and we're all sitting there and we've got our hands up in the air like this and the reason that we do is because we're trying to make room in our bodies to eat more queso because <laughs> it is so good yeah queso is huge in Austin yeah yeah I've had one where they put like big chunks of avocado in it too, and you don't think it's going to taste good. It's, oh, it's so delicious. good. Yeah. The, the warm, the warm avocado. Yeah, like, I, know. I feel like that's a chef sticking point. Like, right? Like, oh, uh, the certain ingredients that you you only really might have a memory for as being like one temperature. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you like if like get, not getting too deep into I, the cook world, but well, I think certain things. I mean, we're always trying to keep temperatures and textures, and but I think certain things there's like a loophole for it mm-hmm. it's like okay and especially if it triggers memories oh yeah 100 percent. but i guess you know what comes to mind we just mentioned this recently on an episode last week's which one the cucumber oh yeah Are, is there is there a, is, is there a dish that has the hot cucumbers in it that you can literally vouch for and be like yes this is a good hot cucumber dish uh, i don't know i, I, th- I throw that a- out there this is just me talking as a cook right now i cooked it once on cutthroat kitchen but I, not by I a tent. You had one, you I had, got cut. <laughs> you, had one, yeah. you had one hand and you were in a potato yes. sack yeah. and something like that. But I mean, Chef, what do you think? You're like, again, Michelin stars and like, you know, your fine dining pedigree is well known as well. Is there a hot cucumber dish that you can even think of? or Well, if you make it a pickle, then you got like... Fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's why true. you're do- that's why you're dominating the game because you, you can because the pickle changes everything. I just realized I did this weird thing. Um, well, it's not a weird thing. I was going to say with my kids. I do a lot of things with my kids, but <laughs> okay. I was with my kids. It's a little weird. Um, but I was actually they have a little uh, farmer. They have a, a, um, a garden 
Yeah, what's the word school? for it? A garden at school. Yeah. And they're like producing like lots of stuff, actually. Yeah, that's awesome. And they have these uh, little mouse melons, like, you know, they look like the tomato, mm-hmm. uh, little tiny watermelons, right? Mm-hmm. And they're ta- and then we pickled some, right? So they're tasting like the raw ingredient, the pickled ingredient. Cute. And I realized that a lot of kids just think pickle is an ingredient yeah. all in of itself. That it's right. not a cucumber. Right. And that pickling is not a technique, but yeah. that pickle is actually a word that is synonymous for cucumber. Yeah. Which I don't know. Kids know. these days. And these are... <laughs> And these are local California kids at a garden in their school. So, like, I'm yeah, surprised. I was trying to get the girl. I have two girls, and I was trying to get them into the the Arab pickles that you get when you get a shawarma, and they're bright pink. And I think it's I think it's turnip, isn't it, that they do? Mm-hmm. And mm. they turn them bright pink by putting a slice of cooked beet in there, and then it sort of as it sits, they go, you know, this neon pink. And I thought, well, this is going to get my girls because it's pink. Yeah. Nope. Well, because you say no? pickle, right. you say pickle, and it's and I'm and this happens. I'm I'm sure for you guys as chefs, where you name a dish, and mm-hmm. that can be the downfall of that dish. It's not because mm-hmm. it's a bad dish; it's because you've named it the wrong thing. Oh man, I mean, I mean, yeah. Let's see. Um, I mean, I know you never fail. At sardine anything, with eucalyptus and marshmallow. Oy. Yeah, yeah, that was not a good. Like you can name something out of its existence. Yeah, <laughs> that that is also a fictitious. <laughs> Oh, I don't I just, know. Maybe I just want to be it. clear. He's like, I'm out of here, dude. Like, what is what is going on with this guy? Um, but I mean, listen, dude. Thank you for cooking all of this delicious food for us to enjoy here in Los Angeles. And uh, we saw each other last on stage somewhere. I think for like All Star Chefs Classic yeah. in yes. LA, which where I was like, oh man, this this guy's the real deal. And I'm going out there doing like my song and dance and jumping around. And I'm like, I hope this guy doesn't lose respect for me. But you showed up. <laughs> I mean, it took a year later, at least. <laughs> Well, you just invited me. Yeah, that, so. that's, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. The advanced specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care developed groundbreaking, minimally invasive techniques to treat fibroids, endometriosis, and other GYN conditions. In response to growing concerns over the coronavirus, CIGC now offers e-visits. We know GYN conditions don't stop affecting your life. CIGC wants to be here for you as you seek options to find relief from debilitating gynecologic symptoms such as abnormal bleeding and pelvic pain. With telemedicine options now available, book a Consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. That's InnovativeGYN.com or 888-SURGERY. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Uh, halfway through the episode, we're going to play some games. You down? Okay. This is called, because of your name, of course, we like to get punny on here. This is called My Two Cents. My two cents for Centeno. Here we go. I'm going to give you a topic that's pretty hot in the food world, and you're just going to give us your two cents on it. All right, here we go. First one up is the fried chicken wars. Are you familiar with this thing? I'm worried about you because you like uh, you're like a no TV guy and no you're like a no social media guy. (laughs) So like we'll see how this game goes. Um, So this is just like how about this then? We'll we'll talk about it like uh, restaurants fighting each other on social media. You know, like calling each other out. Hey, we're better than you. Uh, look, this is our sandwich. This is our burger. Uh, how do you feel about like like going after someone online? Like, would you ever go after someone and say, "Hey, we got the best queso in town. Uh, Suck at El Torito or whoever else is." That's not really my style. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody has something delicious to offer. True, true. So your so your your hot take on it is it's not my game. I'm not even not even going to answer a question on it. Uh, boba tea. Your two cents on the boba tea trend. Everyone loves it. Where, <laughs> Do they? I don't know. Uh, where else can you suck up you know 19 gelatinous giant pearls? Yes. To have floating around in your stomach. Jeff's like. No, Jeff's not into it. up in his mouth Jeff's a little not. bit. Boba tea trend. Uh, not my thing. Not really? your thing. Okay. What is it? I think. Um, just the idea of like ingesting all that and then feeling like it's starting to expand in your stomach. Yeah, I think that what it is even is that I don't know if that happens, but you feel like that's happening. It is a starch that absorbs. It's like when you eat a ton of rice as an Indian. You eat a ton of rice and then you just it's just a continuing to grow and expand in your body. I suppose that's, mm, that's yeah. I, I just I, feel like that maybe if that's raw, like isn't there an old thing like if you throw like birds like rice, rice it'll yeah. grow in their stomach and, and then they explode. explode. Yeah, like, is that a real thing? I think we should try it. 
Well, I don't think we should. <laughs> <laughs> we get PETA up in here as a sponsor pretty quick. It's not my podcast, dude. Uh, Bye. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Don't don't try that at home. Uh, what else was it? Did you ever like eat like watermelon seeds or something as a kid? And like your your mom was like, "You're gonna grow a watermelon tree." Yeah, apple and seeds. And you're like, "They don't grow on trees." <laughs> Like, well, now you can be like, hey, it's not a tree. They actually. don't grow on trees. <laughs> like, you were a wise-ass kid who just responded like that. But didn't your parent, like, tell you that? Like, don't eat the seeds because, like, you'll grow a tree in your stomach. Jeff knows what I'm talking about. He's from New England. The, yeah, they also. always told me not to eat. I always eat the core of the apple. I always have. I eat the apple, and then I eat the core of it. And I don't know why. I think I just was like, I didn't want to find a trash can, and I was a fat kid. I could eat it. Yeah. Um, and then people would tell me, well, there's arsenic in the seeds. Don't eat it. Oh. And uh. then my dad just sent me a thing that said, actually, you should eat the core because there's something magical in it. Yeah, you were doing you the right thing all, all along. I, it's just you. like sometimes parents pass. By. I think it was my wife's mother was like, don't eat sweet potato skins. Oh. And like and up until like last year, Jasmine was like, no, they're toxic. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're not. Because I've been eating them for my whole life. So that's a big thing. <laughs> Parents passing around. And you're just fine. Misinformation. <laughs> All right, Chef. Uh, what about plant-based burgers? Artie and I were talking about this last oh, week. yeah. The whole uh, impossible and beyond. What are your thoughts? Your two cents. I mean, I'm always down for plant-based burgers. Yeah, you've had a restaurant well, that was you're, all yeah, plant-based. Yeah, your vegetable game is strong. Uh, so as far as like eating it as well or just like the, yeah. the concept? I mean, I, I like to eat. I mean, I, I think at this at my age now, um, I know what agrees and what doesn't, and um, I want to eat stuff, food that's going to make me feel good after. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a special occasion if I go for something that's going to make me feel bad after, but exactly. I've got to make those choices now. This is true. This is true. So throwing in the, but you're not, are you an adherent to like uh, Meatless Mondays or. Something like that. Like, what, what is your, like, especially when you're working in all these restaurants and, like, you're around all this delicious food, how do you monitor, like, your your nutrition and, and health and wellness? Um, just finding time. I still, I, I, sometimes I still feel like I'm a line cook in New York or San Francisco. Cause, okay. Because sometimes it's uh, making, a like, a quick, uh, like, dos caras, which is, like, a two-faced two faces quesadillas like melted cheese toasted on both sides mm-hmm. and that's like my go-to right now yeah wow like and it's usually just kind of like leaning up against the column eating in I three love seconds yeah <laughs> see like i mean this is something to be said too it's like a lot of people and they're like how do you uh, probably i was in some of the best shape when i was working as a line cook in like a michelin starred restaurant because like there's just no time there's no time right yeah, yeah. to eat and it's like yeah. i have vivid memories of like just penne with butter in a dish pit <laughs> and a half of a deli container like that's like exactly that's it like I yeah. eat out of a deli container sitting yeah. in the dish pit and yeah. it was but it was also delicious like some of that the memory comes into play of it right right um, it's like yeah no that was like yeah I remember cutting my teeth and like I was the, the most delicious thing because you're so busy yeah um, but that's I love how you say that you're like oh quesadilla a quick little thing uh, but we're not sitting down eating our nine course tasting menu yeah ourselves we, we can't right no that's um Here's one. Artie, we didn't talk about this. Uh. You, you might want to jump in this one. I'm, and I'm actually going off script here. Uh, the whole Marco Pierre White commentary. We didn't cover uh. that in the news. <laughs> Did you hear the com- no. uh, Marco Pierre White, who comes up on the on the podcast frequently. You know what I'm talking about here? Yes, I do. Did a demo somewhere and said that, that women were emotionally not prepared to be cooks. Look, Jeff is raising his eyebrows. <laughs> Jeff knows, as a podcast one producer, engineer, and creative that like that's not the world we live in what is Marco Pierre White thinking well it's also very ironic because the the one thing that most people know about Marco Pierre White is that he has an incredible temper right like he it's not he's not a person that is Ooh. in control of his emotions hot take uh, that's what I'm saying I'm like who are you to say that and it also gets me mad and this isn't just because I'm a woman right if I was a man I would say the same thing um, that women are are historically and overwhelmingly, if you look around the world, they are the cooks in their families. If anybody has had a good meal in their life growing up, coming up in their family, it's because a woman made it for them. It is incredibly rare, as you mentioned with your I'm, grandmother. I'm yeah. with her. No, <laughs> we are too. And, my, and, and again, it's... I mean, Sequoia it's, 2020. I'm just more blown away by, like, in in this day and time. Like, it's just a crazy thing to say. It is but More down. than even the emotional side of it, which right. everyone can be emotional, is right. then he was like, and also they have to carry heavy pots. <laughs> And you're like, Grandpa, <laughs> women, are, women are winning gold medals. 
Like they're 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 they're, they're strong. They, they can are. carry a heavy pot. They can. Um, I anyway. mean, I do think there's there are things like. You know, like I, I play on the worship team at my church, and the men always say, "Do not carry that keyboard out to your car by yourself." And I say, "Okay, yeah, you can carry well, it's it. It's heavy, right? Yeah, it is heavy. Well, yeah, but we all need help with heavy yes, things. Yeah, exactly. like <laughs> that's more what it is, Marco. Don't hurt your back carrying the stock. I know. Pot. When was the last time he carried a stock? There, pot? there you go. Okay, uh, chef. What about instant coffee? It's making a comeback. So says Jasmine Blaze, who wrote this one. So I don't even know what she's referring to. Really? Now, listen, I am a coffee. I have an addiction. Mm, me so too. my answer is pretty quick. What about yours? My dad's always drunk, like instant coffee. Yes. So, so maybe he's been ahead of the game for. He, yeah. Well, he's or time. he's been in the game long enough that it came it came back around. <laughs> Do you Which, drink coffee? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I'm like a cortado. Mm. Like I just, I don't like quick a lot of ooh, yeah. lot, not ooh, a lot I mean, of liquid. Yeah. Are we tossing the word snob out here, chef? I mean, I don't <laughs> like. Are you a coffee enthusiast? Enthusiast. Well. You're, no, because I drink everything like cold. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I love it. Fair enough. That's Jasmine's always telling me that too. It's like, hey, I left a coffee in the car from yesterday. Yeah, and I'm like, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Like the car is a vacuum environment. Like I know. it's it's fine at room temperature now. Like that's good. That's still like juice. Like, I mean, is it black? It's black from the day oh, before. Oh, yeah, there's no okay. dairy there's in it. No Thank dairy. you for looking I'm out just, for I'm just pathogens. You know, sorry, sorry about so that. So you're down with it. But I, same thing. I love like too. Like it's it's some of it is memory. Like I'll yeah. throw the brand out too. Like I don't know. Like I grew up with a Folgers coffee can. Did you under the sink, mm-hmm. trapping the bacon grease? <laughs> what was the other one? Sanka. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, Sanka's even honestly. Sanka wins. Does it? Yeah. Sanka's like that's you like yes. Like that I think is even predates Folgers for some reason. I feel so like that's we grew up with the uh, orange can. Yeah, I yeah. grew up with Nescafe, mm-hmm. and um, I actually didn't know there was any other way to have coffee. I thought that was coffee. Instant coffee was coffee. Yes. Coffee with the coffee mate. Ooh, Cafe Vienna, and then you get a little hazelnut in there. That's well, like we fancy just had, grandma stuff. Yeah, like I mean, we just had the plain powder or whatever, but I thought that was coffee, and I still, if you give me a cup of that, I, I will drink it with relish. Yeah, I'm fine, as long as it's got caffeine. Like, it's for me as a chef, too, it's like it's like medicine. It's the it's the addiction I have not been able to overcome. Uh, it's, I think it's I've okay. beat many, but not that one. I'm just all about coffee. I think you're only supposed to have like 12 ounces a day. I just read that. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Or or not past 4 p.m. I know, but espresso is okay because it has less caffeine. Do you think, Chef, this is like taking – I felt like you've reached a certain level of like leadership in a kitchen when a runner asked you if they can make you coffee. Mm. Do you have any thoughts about that? Like or is that just some weird personal thing that I have, some like – bad memory of a chef that I have that would have runners make him coffee and now I've taken that on in a horrible way. No one's ever asked me. Oh my gosh, guys. You make your own? You're making your own? I make my own. Oh my gosh. What a nice chef you are. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Chef, hatch chili season. Your two cents. Uh, Looking forward to it. Yes. Break down hatch chilies for those viewers who might not know what they are. Hyper seasonal... Were they around for like two weeks? Like something like that, right? And um, I think from season to season, it varies on how hot they are. Exactly. And they can be extremely hot. I remember maybe two seasons ago, they were more on the mild side. Oh. But they make a delicious chili relleno. Ch- oh, oh, chili relleno. That. What's about doing that? Mm. Chili relleno, one of my favorite uh, dishes of all time. There's a lot of like, that. that's a technical dish too. Like so, uh, the the coating. Well, what for kind a- do you like? Do you like? Mm. You see, I did at Amasita, which I just opened. I'm taking more of an LA approach. It's more like LA Tex-Mex, and so <laughs> Andy's Orchard was like is one of my favorite times of the year, and um, got these beautiful tiny like poblano chilies from mm. uh, Florabella Farm and. Uh, Andy's Orchard. It varied between either the peaches or the plums. And just did, just cooked them on the mesquite grill, mm-hmm. peeled them, some buffalo mozzarella, and then like a habanero uh, tomato kind of ranchero sauce. Yum. And then some lime crema. And then just sliced uh, plums or pluots, whatever like we've got. Right. So like- and it was like I... I've gone like in the early early days. It was like the batter and then right, egg right. white, so it was like a giant, <laughs> which is delicious because yes, that's yeah. how I remember eating them. And it was like just 
gooey cheese yeah. on the inside. And then there's the one, uh, like the flour egg, uh, where you pan fry it so it's crispy. Ooh, yeah, so many so, different So, I mean, there's so many different. Right now you're on the fresh, sort of just like, like right off the grill. Yeah, I like, like. That's the way to go. I think that's the, that's the new way to go. But yeah. the egg white only, I feel like, is like was my first experience with a chili relleno. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's the one that like my. That's your n- instant is nostalgic coffee. to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, I've been doing it with squash blossom. I like that. I like playing with mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll just do it's a squash blossom relleno. <laughs> Oh, that guy's a genius, man. <laughs> he was so West Coast. Not real. I am. I, that happens. I remember when I moved to California, though. People say, "Like, no, you're just gonna. It's gonna totally change everything. Yeah. that you cook, and it is true. Like, mainly with produce. I'm like, you yeah, know, we absolutely. all know here. Like, yeah. we have so many East Coast friends that are just like, "What are you doing with strawberries in January, I know, bro? I know. It's like, oh, well, they're showing up, yeah. you know, yeah. in the farm. And yeah. like, so are all the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Which is Fair. why it took so long to get here. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is true. Uh, okay, here we go. Back to my two cents. Um, well, this is a, this is going to be. I don't know. This is could be controversial. Corn or flour tortillas? Ooh, yeah. Flour. <gasps> yes! Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yes. that's that's I mean, what you grew tech, up with, I mean, that's, right? Yeah. I mean, that's Tex-Mex. Yes. Yeah. I, that, and that is too. It's like as someone who hasn't had flour in six weeks. Yeah. I'm, first of all, I'm so hungry. When you were talking about chili rellenos, can we work <laughs> in? So we we got to work in some sort of sound effect for like, the, <laughs> like uh, my stomach is over here. Like, oh my, hold on, my stomach is gonna grab a mic right now and wants to tell you how we feel about mm. talking about these three different styles of chili relleno. Yeah. Um, but I think that also like. It goes against the grain a little bit in California, right? To be like flour tortilla. Totally. But I, I'm I'm a fan. I like the ch- also. There's a chewiness mm-hmm. of you know your flour tortilla, great flour tortillas that is unrivaled. Yeah, and it it, I think I think the pendulum is sort of swinging because I think for a little while, at least when we were judging grocery games, and people would make they would say this is a street taco. And then they would give us a flour tortilla, and we were like, you know, this would have been better with a corn tortilla because it just needed a little more bite or some a little more structure to hold it. But I think the pendulum is swinging, at least in my mind, where mm. I'm coming back to the flour tortilla, especially after being in Austin and eating a bunch of tortillas um, at tacos down there. Um, and for me, the flour tortilla reminds me of chapatis, which mm-hmm. I know you do Indian breads in um, – uh, well, you did them at PYT for sure, but it remind it's very similar to me. It's sort of a flour tortilla, a flat top, mm. you know, quickly, no yeast. Um, so I, I, and I actually tell people if they can't be bothered to make chapatis to grab a flour tortilla. They, that's I what mean, but in all fairness, I mean, I mean, you can't have a puppy taco without fresh corn. Masa, so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah, room. It's all for, good. There, there's yeah. plenty of room. <laughs> we're, 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 we're nitpicking because it's all good, right? Um, I guess. What do you feel? How do you feel about the crispy corn tortilla? Oh, like yeah. The, like, and again, as a grew up in like the you know early night, late eighties, early nineties, like my mom was not a cook, but it was like whatever El, old El Paso crispy, right? Corn yeah, but tortillas. that's that's ripped off of. Like the Golden Dorado. Mm-hmm. Yes. And is that even, like, that's not even a real taco. Is it like a twill? Yeah, yeah it is like a twill. Yeah, you I mean, I think, I mean, how, yeah. you can't make a thousand identical looking, like, corn hard shell tacos. No, no. I mean, it's all, like, mass produced garbage. Um, Fair enough. But Fair enough. it was a riff on. <laughs> yeah. On the Dorado. Uh, on the Dorado. And this is what we're talking about in the beginning of the podcast, right? How these things have sort of can become bastardized or sort of like right. uh, you know, media creates what it is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, but a good one with some raw tuna tartare in it. Am I living in the early 90s? Am I, am I not? <laughs> if I'm cooking that for you on a show, are you like, oh, that's, you know, very too, too Wolfgang Puck of you? I mean, what are you doing? You're sending me like my, my wasabi, uh, my wasabi crema on a well, crispy corn tortilla with some tuna tartare? I mean, it, well... I mean, any sprinkle some chef gold leaf on it. Any, sprinkle some gold leaf oh on it for you. God, now you've gone too far. Now you've gone too far. This is that's the eucalyptus with the whatever you did with yeah, the marshmallow. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, mom. You shouldn't have given me. You should not have cooked those for me. Uh, how about this one? Uh, your two cents, chef, on avocado toast ice cream. Oh yeah, which was is a new salt and straw flavor created by a fourth grader in L.A. Which I shouldn't have said that because I feel like now you're like there's a kid involved. Now you're gonna give me a. Skewed well, take on it, and but, they, but they did it with tartine, didn't they? Did they? I don't know. Avocado toast ice cream. Did, was it with tartine? I think they're using that bread. Well, well, now we just got to say it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Artie. Well played. Have you tried it? No, I haven't. Have you? I haven't had it. No. Because the the downtown well, salts in the store is not. Mm. Maybe it's a little far from you. Have you, you know had, 
this is, I guess. No, go for it. Go. Have you had the Bjorn corn? No. What's uh, that? Like, do you know Bjorn corn? No. That's like my snack of all snacks. What's well, the pig? No, it's like this vegan, like, popcorn that's, like, cooked with solar. Uh, and it, I think it has, it, it tastes like nutritional yeast, but it's oh. got, like, it's I got, like, I, this. Umami aspect without actually. It's got. Yes, it's, yes. I have it's seen delicious. this. This pack. And it's is, just like when I get home, it's just. Oh. That's a bet. I like, right? try yeah. that. Well, also the nutritional yeast. That's like uh, one of those ingredients. Yeah, 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 and yeah. If, if you're listening, Bjorn Corn, um, you Yo, can send it. a bunch to Baramash. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. I will tell you that that is most likely going to happen. Yeah, right. You can send someone here, send some here too, yes. as well. But that nutritional yeast, it is. It's the umami of it. I it's love like the, the, vegan, love it. the vegan's answer to like cheese, right? I it's mean, such yeah. a weird product, but it's so good. It's so good. It does taste like cheese, and it does sort of, it's super salty. And for a little while, my kids thought that was cheese because I was like, "Yeah, that, well, that, look at we that. don't have parmesan look at, in the house, look at that we, trip, but we Mom. have good job, Nooch." Well, what about these wacky flavored ice creams? Let's change it not from uh, being specific to you know salt straw tartine. Wacky flavored ice cream flavors. Fan or no? Are you more of a chocolate vanilla strawberry guy or? I like peppermint. Okay, huh. like the like the candy yeah, yeah. peppermint. I like yeah. that. That's the threshold of like creative ice cream flavors. I mean. Are you a sugar person? Are you a dessert person? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I go through phases. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends degree of hungry I am. If I did a dessert puffy taco for Artie on one of the many shows that she judges right now, <laughs> and in my uh, puffy dessert puffy taco, which I dusted in cinnamon sugar, mm. I dropped in a couple scoops of peppermint ice cream. Hmm. What are we thinking? I Am think, I going I home? I think that could be pretty delicious. Mm, yeah. What? I'm cooking that Thursday for you. <laughs> yes, I love it. That's going to happen I'm on ready. one of the many Food Network shows that you're currently hosting and judging on. And it's not right on. that I've judged you so many times. Oh, my gosh. Last <laughs> It's not. <laughs> it's I'm never, not. And I never win with you. I keep I stats. I'm sorry. Uh, what about this? Uh, food halls. In general, food halls. I don't know if you have any projects involved in food halls. You know, you come to show up this place as a as a like a business person. It's confusing to me. There's a thousand places in one roof, and I mean, I think in theory it's great for the guests. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a hard business model, perhaps for most operators. Um, I, I don't think I don't know if the numbers make sense all the time. I mean, some places obviously hit it out the park, and it's like no problem. But I think landlords like throw attractive deal and then once that like dissolves and like the rent kicks in or, yeah yeah i mean it's just um i don't know seems yeah. like a tough business deal right for me it's always like even with food trucks when they corral around the same area there's just a cannibalization right. part of it that's yeah. like well burger pizza taco yeah. like now you're forcing me to choose only one i think I it's know. i think it's tough you know, when when there was only one really big one here in LA, then it sort of made sense because then you could go with a group and everybody could disperse, get their food, and go sit down. And people were launching their concepts that way. Right, right? Yeah. now we've got two or three food halls in LA, and I was just in Raleigh. They have a bunch there too, and in Atlanta, and it's becoming this thing that every good big city is doing. But how many food halls can one city? Mm. Um, support. Yeah, some of them are doing really, really well, though. Yeah. Uh, Chef, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're at the end of the episode where we usually, well, we always do something called 86. Something in the world, your world, serious or not, that you want to 86, get rid of, pull off the menu, mm. and put an end to, stop. <laughs> You are a walking thesaurus. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And they're all fancy words for stop, too. Right? Arrest. I said end four times and stop. <laughs> Very good. What do you want to 86, Chef? Um, well, I think something that I already practice is um, 86 in complacency. Because mm. mm. as soon as you get comfortable, then you start getting dated or gets tired. Yeah. Or, and... As soon as you get comfortable, you have to shake it up. And it's hard because with the daily grind, you sometimes just want to be complacent and just let things um, go as they are going. Right. Well, it's really hard for you specifically because I feel like complacency is really hard because to be complacent, you need to have already been successful, right? 
and to not sort of rest on your laurels, so to speak, yeah. right? So like how do, like how do you try to maintain that though, knowing that like you're successful and like you've achieved all these things, but you want to do more, right? That's what complacency is fighting. Um, how do how do you do it? Well, I mean, I think uh, I'm constantly like critiquing, um, like reworking, trying to evolve. I mean, with the industry, it's just it's it's. Uh, I mean, you're trying to keep like a regular uh, like traffic of guests. Yeah, and um, and you just can't like settle for just accepting like this is it like 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 I'm there like I never feel like I'm there or I'm even close it's kind of mm-hmm. like like that thing like, there's a skit with Chris Rock where he's like I leave my backpack near the back door in case the real owner comes home right. and that's kind of like how <laughs> how I live and mm. I mean like even right now I'm working lunch and dinner at Amasita like six days a week right and wow. scrubbing mopping the floors Oh. At night, right. so I kind of feel like I'm still line cook. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? Though you're also you're breaking down the secret of success, right? Yeah. To never truly feel like you've succeeded, even though you have, Chef. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, we love you. We love your food. Hopefully, you come back, come back, and hang out and yes. answer the ghosts or aliens question. I'll let you sit on that one <laughs> until the next, next time we're here. Uh, do us a favor, everyone. I know you love this episode. Jump on over to Podcast One or iTunes and find a friend or a couple of family members or a hundred people online to subscribe and download uh, our podcast. Do us a favor. Also, drop some reviews because Chef, this is the only five star thing I've ever done in my life. Not unlike you, like I, I this is the only thing. Apart from your kids, your my kids, kids. Are pretty no, five they're star. five star. Family's five star. Yeah. I'm talking professional oh, right oh, now, oh, Artie. Okay. Uh, but do us a favor. Uh, hit us up with another five-star review. You can tell us all the great things that we do. You could also tell us the things that we can improve on as long as you also hit the five-star uh, button. We appreciate it. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to our sponsors. Thank you to Artie Sequera. Thank you. Joseph Centeno. Yes. And until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com.